Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. Happy holidays. This is it. Last show of the year. I can't believe it. It's shocking. Yay. And it's shocking. <laughs> yay, right? You have streamers up, but you don't have that here. But hopefully <laughs> next year is going to be really great. And um, maybe next year we won't be talking about COVID because we still have, I might have some shows I thought it would be long over, but that's not really true. But it's hopefully get your shots, wear your mask, and we can get rid of this. That's all about that. All right, so we have some guests on the show that have been on before, and we're going to have a fun time today. And um, let's see who's on today. We have all right, Sal is here, Rich, El- well, Elwin is not here yet, and Donald. So I'm going to let all of them tell you a little bit about themselves. So we're going to have some ex- excerpts being read, and we'll just talk about some groups in, on Facebook that could help, and just a lot of everything for the end of the year. And uh, all right, let's start. All right, Sal, why don't you tell everybody who you are? You've been on a few times, okay. and your wife is Liette, and she's been on a few times. And you have a wonderful yeah. bookstore and Facebook and yeah. groups. So, and you're a good author. So you got all this going on, all right? So tell everybody about okay. yourself. Well, I'm excited to be on the last show of the year. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really great. Um, we're going to end this year with a bang. Um, yes, we are. <laughs> so my name is Saul <laughs> Ragwan, and as Marcia said, I am a children's picture book author. Um, I'm also an optometrist, too, by the way. That's how I pay the bills. But my passion <laughs> is writing children's books. <laughs> and um, I, came, I came out with the – I've been on this podcast a couple of times um, when the first two books of the series came out, and now the third book of the series is out. So I guess every, every time a book comes out – Marsha invites me in. I love it. You could come anytime. <laughs> right. Anytime Thank we have you. these children's shows, right? I haven't had as many as I had last year, so I'm gonna have more, I'm sure, this year. But good luck with the awesome. new book. All right. Tell everybody yeah. you have a lot going on. So uh, you start you all, yeah. you and your wife have this great you know, site too. I mean Yeah, my my wife, um, Liat, who um who runs Magic Beans Bookstore, um, and basically it's, it's a great organization. What they do is, um, you know, they cater to indie authors. Um, they donate um, books from indie authors to underprivileged um, areas and schools and programs, and um, and uh, it, it helps, you know, the, the authors get their, their books across, and it helps uh, schools and organizations receive books, you know, uh, to the students. So it's a, it, it works. It's a really good. It's a good system there. So she heads all that, and I write the books, and I also have a Facebook group um, that I interact with a lot of authors and illustrators. And it's as I was saying before, it started with just me and my wife, and it's grown up to I think about twenty three thousand seven hundred authors Great. and illustrators in the group. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a good group. It's I, it started with me um, trying to help authors, you know, get started. They asked a lot of questions, and I would you know, try to answer and try to guide them. Um, and then it just basically took off and it does it all by itself. Now authors are helping each other and illustrators are interacting with authors, are hiring each other, working together, collaborating. So it's just a self-run group. So if you're an author or you're an illustrator um, or you, you're interested in it one day being an author or you want to, you know, do some work or write a book, this is a great group to, to basically get a lot of information you know, what kind of editing do you need, what kind of proofreading, what kind of illustrations, formats, all that stuff. 
Okay, I'll, I'll add some of the links later on the show page because the show page stays on, and it's also on iTunes and on demand for years and years and years. So um, I'll add those links and everybody's links after the show, and I now have a blog. But also on the bookstore that you and Liette have, it's she will. I, I featured her in. Um, the uh, magazine EYS, and um, it's a really good article. And the magazine is free. It's a beautiful magazine. It's from Australia. And I guess I will put that out too so you can see about the bookstore and uh, the article. So it turned out really good. Um, because, And I think what people don't realize is this magazine is free. It's it's harder to get copies. And, you know, it's a beautiful magazine when you see it, but it's in yeah. Australia and it's very difficult to get it to the States. So um, uh, that's, you know, that's, yeah, I know that's a problem for them, but it's a beautiful, well-run, Jasmina runs it, Sidorowski, and she's fabulous and there's wonderful people. And so Liette, you know, you know that was featured. So I think these are things that people, like a lot of people are starting out, they don't know, you know, who can help them. But being on the right Facebook groups, like you said, and also being in a bookstore like that where there being, you know, there's so many people in it and there's so much going on. It will help new authors because it's really tough out there. Children's books, that's why I'm one of the reasons I'm having the show. Children's books have a tough time getting audiences online yeah. because Sal, as he said before the show, they you have to see it. It's not just it has it's a visual, and you know so I think that we'll we'll talk about that a little after with the rest of the guests talk. But there's so much that needs to be done to get children's books out there. Okay, so Donald, you're an illustrator and an author. Uh, yes. Uh, so thank you very much for uh, having me on. You know, a long time oh, listener, first time caller, right? Yeah. Um, You've been on. You've been on before many times. Okay. So and yes. you've got some new things going on. Yeah, I say uh book number two is uh you know, about halfway done for me and you know, like Saul said, it's it's always fun to get a new one out, but it's this year it's just been tough to find the time to do it. So the fact that it's actually happening is a good thing and yes. you know, now I'm to that point of, you know, formatting and working on illustrations, you know, as you said, I'm an illustrator too. And, um, also, you know, stay at home dad. So that's, you know, takes some time out of my day as well. So. And certainly with the COVID it's been, it's harder for people, you know, with kids now because whatever Mm -hmm. their schedule is, it's very different than it used to be. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I enjoyed, um, you know, Saul and his wife, Liat there, they did a, uh, virtual story time that they set up with kids in California. So I actually got to read my book to some first graders out there, and it was absolutely wonderful. So thank you very much, Saul, for doing that. That was great. That's great. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great when that's everybody great. works together. Absolutely. And that's what I love about the children's book community is I feel, yeah, I can't speak to any other genre of book writing or authoring or illustrating, but the children's community and you know we've talked about it before marcia is absolutely yes. wonderful very and nice so yeah, helpful and you know giving it is. Mm-hmm. that's why i wanted to end the year with with a great group that <laughs> helps each other so much okay and rich i know you've got probably got like 20 projects going what's going on with you <laughs> well uh, i enjoyed teaching for 40 years retired in 2016 my wife said, you're bored. I go, uh-huh, honey. She said, call your, call your grandkids, see what kind of books they like. I said, why? She said, you've been telling stories for 40, over 40 years. You might as well write them. So my granddaughter wanted uh, unicorn stories, and my grandson liked myths and uh, fables. So since 2016, I've written over 250 e-books, paperbacks, and audiobooks. I cannot believe that. It's shocking. It's shocking. Well, oh, I'm over retired. 200 it's now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa, I can't. I know. Well, honestly, that's really a good thing because, you know, I think people, uh, myself included, I'm one of the, I'm so, you know, before, you know, I, I know I could write faster and I know I could write more, but I don't. And you actually do. 
I mean, because the books, are, some of them are smaller, they have a good message, and they're out there. But you do it. You get it done. And, and that, yeah, I, I always try to have a message with my books, usually. And yeah, they, they all have a, some sort of background, uh, why I'm writing it. And it's something in, in, with the, the children that I talk with or the, my grandkids or um, going to schools and asking children what kind of books they like and what they're interested in. See, I think that people don't realize, you know, that, they, you know, older books, I, I talk about this a lot lately because older books are fine too. It's not everybody has to write something and then if they don't sell right away, maybe in a few years they'll sell more. You know, I mean, I think that with children, the messages are relatively year in and year out quite the same, the good messages. You know, I don't think life yeah, has changed, they're, they're, that it's not good, good messages. messages is, right. Yeah, and that's books, really important. Right, yep. exactly. And I think, you know, that all of you that are on here now, we all, everybody loves children and they want them to, you know, read. So I think that that's what we were talking about before the show started, is it's all about reading, but audio books are good. A lot of kids don't read, so the audio books work for them, or you can use the audio book and the reg in the paperback or hardcover, and they could look or on the Kindle, because some kids, every kid learns differently. And so I think exactly. That, yes, and so Sal, do you want to read a little excerpt from yours, and then Rich can do it too, if you want, and then we'll okay. get into a different things. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So the the my my book series is called Geraldine. It's a Gizmo Girl book series, and. Um, the first book was, um, that I wrote was Geraldine and the Most Spectacular Science Project. The second one was Geraldine and the Space Bees. And the one I'm going to read today is the newest one, Geraldine and the Anti-Bullying Shield. I mean, there's a very big bullying um, problem going on in schools. Yes. I mean, we're, I'm, going right, I'm going through it as we speak with, uh, in, with my daughter in first grade. Um, the whole class is just – we're going through a big problem with one kid in the class there. And I wrote this book way before this, but um, this is this is happening everywhere. It's and a huge it's not issue. We're, we're starting to have shows. I'm having shows starting in January with Kristen Lindsay Hager. We're going to have shows about bullying, and you know, and all of those topics we're going to be discussing once a month because it's so bad oh, out there. It really it's is. Very it's important. Very bad. It's yeah. Be, yeah. Marsha, this is Rich Lindell. I'd like to be a part of that because I have a book on. Okay. Uh, Yes, you do. Okay, me. yes, because both, right, because those are the issues that we're going to be discussing. I know we I talked about it a few weeks ago on the show because I think those are shows we should have, and I'm going to try to get it where people call in. We I used to do that, but we haven't done that for a while. But I think that I will be doing that because I think there's a lot of people out there that have this problem with their children, and it's terrible. My son was also bullied in school when he was little. It, it's a terrible thing. You know, and it's, I mean, it's much worse now than it ever was because of October yeah. is anti-bullying month. So October is that what it is? Uh, is that too. when it is? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll get yeah. in touch with October. you for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, so go ahead, Sal. I, I didn't want to interrupt, but I didn't want to forget that because that's going to be important. By the way, I just, a side note, I think when, when that podcast comes out, I think it'll be flooded, flooded with phone calls on that. And okay, and, I and hope so. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard because some people, you know, they say they want to be in a show, but then they get nervous, you know, to call in. Right. Yeah. So we'll, but, I'm going to start slowly, but I think that okay. it will be because it's hard. Yeah, it's a big, 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 big problem. Huge. Yes. Absolutely. And it's terrible when the kids are going through it, and the parents are it going is. through it, it too. It it hurts. It hurts the parents. It hurts the kids, and it is something that. Um, that you would think that, you know, you, you, you don't think it's going to happen to your kid, and it does, you know, in but different it's, yeah. levels. And it's, yeah, and it's something that's not easy to get rid of. No. It's a problem. And, you know, and the problem is it's, it's not it's, – you can't keep telling them it's not bad. You know, you'll get – it'll be better, but because inside they're hurting. So it's really hard. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'll read you um, a little bit from the, from the first few pages okay. of the book. It's called Geraldine okay, and the good. Anti-Bullying Shield. The children were sitting silently. No one was playing. Why does everyone look so glum? Geraldine asked. But she already knew the answer. Oh, no. When is the bullying going to stop? Jimmy the bully is always trying to push everyone around, moaned Olivia. 
We need to stop his teasing once and for all. Sometimes I'm afraid to go to recess, Timothy added meekly. If Jimmy finds out I'm afraid, he'll just bully me even more, and then he'll laugh at me. Geraldine was angry. Jimmy had absolutely no right to do this. Someone had to take a stand. She raised her fist in the air and in her loudest voice announced, we are going to end this. Enough is enough. But that's just the beginning of the book. And what she does is basically in every, every book she has a theme that she comes up with an invention with her, from her gadgets and gizmos to um, solve a problem. So she's going to create. It's great. Um, yeah, Sounds she's going to really create. Good. A, that's a great idea. To stop this bullying. It's yeah. You need people. I, I mean, that's the thing. You need kids. There are, there's, it's good if there's some people out there that will do that, but a lot of kids are too afraid to speak up. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. They don't, and they, 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 this is a good this, character. You can take that character in a lot of places. This is great. Yes. But she, so she comes out with a, with a device to actually, basically, imagine, you know, if you have someone that's mistreating you and if they, if they look in a mirror, and they see themselves do it. You know, they kind of they kind of look and yeah. see, you know, there's something wrong. So it's, that's just a little part of the invention, but it's a whole intricate invention um, that she creates. And, uh, it, it and sounds she, you know, great. She, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's uh, Geraldine and the Anti-Bullying Shield. And I hope... So are you, the, you go the, to different what? schools. I think you've been going to different schools, right? I, I have, I see yeah. you well, out there. With, You're out there a lot. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of virtual um, author visits all over the U.S. And this book in particular, out of the three, uh, I can't, I, let's say they schedule me for, let's say, half an hour. I, they, I can never leave less than an hour. The questions yeah. are crazy, <laughs> which is good. I, lo- I, I like that. I but think it's very great. I used to go to schools, you know, and I think it's really, you know, it, it's a problem with some of these schools that they don't have a lot of authors because I think that kids – absolutely love to see authors and they like to ask them questions so i think the schools should do it more there's a lot of cities that you can't they just say no no and we're offering our services free so i don't under i I don't get it i really don't because kids love it they really do do. so you had all these questions that's great Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, you'll, you'll talk to a first grader, second grader, and their questions are, I mean, this is like a question that a fifth grader would ask. They're, it's just unbelievable yeah, what kind of yeah. their, their thinking is. It's just, wow. Yeah. Donald, have you been out to schools at all? Or, you started really basically around COVID time, so probably not. Uh, no, I say I, everything I've done has been virtual this whole time yeah. just because they're, They've just now, uh, in September, started you know kids back in live classes. Right. So trying to get in now is even harder than it was before. You know, with everything else that's going on outside of COVID, you know, the schools basically are on lockdown unless you have an appointment to be in the building. Yeah. Oh, there so. are so many issues for kids that weren't around years ago. I mean, it's. It's scary, and I think people do have to take into effect. I mean, Rich, you know, when you were teaching, how how would they handle all this? Look at now. What, what you know? What would if you were you know you were just in education for so many years? What do you think is going on? It's it's so horrible now for kids. It's terrible. Scary. It's so scary. What I my concern is what can students do about bullies, and so that's what I talk about in all my years of teaching. The first day of school. No matter what subject I taught, I would say, I want to talk about bullies. And somebody would say, well, this is a history class. And I said, well, there's a history of bullies. Or they'd say, this is a science class. And i go, you know, there's a science to how you treat a bully. And so what was interesting was um, after a few days, kids would come up to me in private and say, I want to talk about uh, so-and-so. And And I said, well, well, go ahead. And then um, I, I would... I had one class where a bully was picking on um, uh, um, several students. He came up to me, and I said, well, what do you think you can do? And they, I said, I, uh, I can call the police. I can call the Child Protective Service. I said, I can call the parents. What do you want me to do? They said, we want to do it. I said, okay. What you can do is never travel alone. You work in groups. And when you walk yeah. around in groups... Anytime he picks on one person, all of you walk between him and that person. And I don't call them a victim. 
I called him a target because as a victim, you act like you can't do anything. But when you're a target, you can get out of the way or you can find a way to, to react to somebody that's picking on you. And so what was interesting was a few days later, they came up and they said, well, how did it go? Oh, after school, he started picking on somebody and we walked between him and he said, you don't pick on anybody at our school. And he stopped. And I said, well, you let me know if he starts it again. And I said, they said, yes, we will. For the rest of the year, no problems. They knew how to handle it. They knew how to take yeah. care of a bully. Yeah. It's probably even harder now because, uh, you know, I mean, you know, like Donald said, the things that are going on in schools, they have so much to contend to now. You know, everything is locked up. Oh, yeah. and, you know, you have to be yeah. watching everything. I mean, we, you know, this is just hard times. And so, you know, Sal, that's, you know, a good subject and, you know, and it's good that it's a girl because sometimes people think girls, you know, they can't do that, you know. But here you got a strong girl. This is good. A strong model yeah, out and there. It's, and it's, yeah. what's funny is when I, uh, when I wrote the book a year and a half ago, it's about this girl and the, and the bully is a boy that's terrorizing the whole class. It's so funny. Um, yeah. And now what's going on now is that my daughter is a first grade girl and there's a boy terrorizing the whole class. It's kind of – it's just funny how – how well, everything yeah. just, well you, know, you don't know who that bill. Yeah, you don't know who it's going to be, right? You know, and look, yeah. at, you know, and I think like what Rich was saying, I think that's true. You know, you just, you know, if everybody bands together, but sometimes they don't, you know. And even the way I've heard, I don't have small kids anymore, but I've heard now, even in, you know, the kids don't eat together anymore. A lot of them, they're separate, you know, so they don't have what they had before, the strength of each other around them. They have, you well, know, they're kind of separated. I don't know, is that how it is there? Uh, Donald, would, your kids, when they eat at school, are they together or? Uh, they're separate? together. Um, yeah. Even before COVID, you know, they all they would they go in shifts to the lunchroom, but their entire class would go. And yeah. so, if somebody was a disruptive influence, they would be kind of at the end of the table with the teacher, and the yeah. rest of the kids would be down. You know, they're sitting with their own little groups. Um, lunchtime is a bad time. It is. A lot of bullying. The worst yes. time was recess, though. Yes. Um, oh, because, yeah. you know, the teacher can't watch every single yes. thing that's going I on that. because there's so many kids. I know. And it's it's scary. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, they do bad things. And, you know, people, they really do. You know, a lot of times when I get the phone call, they go, Mrs. Cook, I already knew what that was. You know, I mean, my son has grown now, but whenever you hear that, you know there's something wrong, you know. And I think that, you know, it's this is one problem that they didn't call it, like, I don't know what they called it years ago, just annoying or bad. Or, but now it's a huge problem, and it's bullying, and you have to get right to the heart of it because that's what it is. You know, yeah, and, and also it gets, it gets scarier um, as they as you know. So my kids now are in elementary school, but in middle yeah. school is what I fear, and high school. Yes, those, those, those yeah. are the two big ones. That, you know, you, you you know, that's very very terrifying. Yes, and um, and also the internet. Rich, were you going to say something, Rich? That, yeah, that was me. Uh, it was me too. Yeah, my son, my oldest is in middle school. He's in eighth grade right now, and it's. I worry about him every day because I hear about all the stuff that goes on. I mean, they've had, in the last two weeks, they've had four kids suspended for fights. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll tell you, mm-hmm. these teachers have a lot of, they have a lot going on. I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, it's hard enough to teach. Now you have to be in charge of all this to watch it. You laugh that you didn't have to do that before, but now it gets dangerous, you know, and you have to rely on the parents to check what's going on with their children and some don't and this is what happened and it's scary the kids are scared one i'm ad- sure absolutely one advice that i can give also and i know this is kind of it sounds a little weird but if you can get your kids from an early age to join karate and get them, yeah, i agree it's, it's oh a, definitely because not yes, just I agree. you know trying yep. to defend themselves but their self-esteem is boosted so highly i think they should teach that, that. Yeah, it should be actually taught in school, maybe. Yeah, I agree. I took karate for a while. I did, and then they had a class. That I watched. I was there early sometimes, and then they had a class with kids. I think every kid should learn how to do that, and I think it's really good emotionally, yeah. mentally. I mean, everything about karate is really good for the mind, and it's good. It gives yeah. them good self-esteem. So I do think yeah. that that would be a great addition 
to, you know, they took away a lot of the gym classes and a lot of things that kids needed to blow off steam. Right. So karate would be really good. I agree. That's it would be wonderful. Yeah. 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 It would give when them what they need. 11, when my son was 11 years old, he took taekwondo, and he came up to me and he said, Dad, there's a bully at school. And I said, is he picking on you? He says, no, I know how to handle it, but I'm just letting you know so that you can let the teachers know and watch out for that bully and take care of you. Yeah. I said, thank you, right. son. So in other words, yeah. he, he had the guts to come up to me and say um, the name of the kid and yeah. to watch out for him. And um, I w- talked to all the teachers that had that kid and um, was aware of what was going on. And and after a while, my son came up and said, they got him, Dad. They they, they caught yep. him doing it, and now he's he's suspended, and he has to do home study. Yeah. He has to study only at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I mean, yeah. it's, it's great. It, it is. That's it, it's, that he got out of it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I think you know because it is hard for kids to you know get you know enough guts to do something. I mean, it really is. They they could say like you know they could say oh I'm going to do this, but then when it really comes down to it, can they do it? But if they had like karate behind them, it's not saying they want to beat someone up. It's the strength mentally it gives you to be able to handle it. Yeah, and that's, exactly. that's it's, exactly it's hard. It. It's hard, you know. I mean, it's always been around, but I think because of the internet and everything else, when they if they're going to put something out there, that is devastating. And that's where the that's where the one of the hugest problems is because that's when kids have, you know, they try to kill themselves because they can't stand the bullying online. Which is you sad. Know, and, I tell oh. my students the story. In um, they took some muggers and they showed them films of people walking through Central Park in New York and they said who would you mug and the muggers would say I would mug that one I wouldn't mug that one no way would I mug that one that's one I would mug that's what I mug now they look for a pattern and what was the pattern well the one they said that they would not mug they walked tall and straight and they were glancing to the side and looking forward and walking through the park the ones they said they would mug they were hunched over, they were furtively looking around in a scared way, and they yeah. were walking in, in, in a way that indicated that, hey, I can take you. And I talked to my students, that you, you get in front of a mirror and you show confidence. You walk and you show confidence and that you can do stuff. Yeah, I think there is something to that with that mirror because I have it in one of my books too. I mean, when you look in the mirror, I mean, even for adults and even in, if you've seen any movie, like sometimes people look in the mirror. I always say they do that in a lot of movies. They look in the mirror and they talk to themselves, you know, to say, why are you doing this or whatever. So, I mean, that that's people don't realize that they even do it. Sometimes you look in the mirror and you go, what did I just do or why didn't I do that or, you know. And I think people in general question themselves a lot. So why wouldn't kids, you know, um, do the same thing? Because, you know, just because you're an adult doesn't mean you're not scared either of some things. Because right now it's pretty scary out there, you know, for people. And uh, hopefully it will get better. That's why in this show we're going to wish everybody Happy New Year and that, that, that they should hopefully in 2022 think about what they're doing in everything. You just can't let things slide under the rug because it doesn't get better. So you just have to come out and say what you're thinking, which is why I'm glad you got, you have bully books because I think that there can never be too many of those. Yeah, I think part of the, the main reason with, that we write bully books is just to give kids a voice. You know, It's yes. important for them to be heard. It's important for them yes. to express themselves and not suppress everything. That's the danger when they suppress things and you don't know what's going on, that can turn into a danger one day. So you want to open exactly. up the conversation, you want to, you know, bring out as much uh, ideas as possible so that, you know, there's a, there's a dialogue going on here, and that's, that's, that's a huge part of uh, beating this, this epidemic. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and I do think, you know, with a lot of authors doing books like this with, for kids and, you know, people talking about it, I think it's important. I think it's just something that you can't, you know, shove aside. So I think that 
right now I think this is this is the time. So I mean, if there's authors out there that are or thinking of writing a book, you know, think about the things that maybe happened to them in their childhood. Those things happen now. I mean, it's it's so a lot of things are relevant that people think, oh, it's not a new idea, but that doesn't matter because you can still make a book on an older idea, and it's for now because kids when kids are reading, they're reading. You know, they can read an older book and still enjoy it. Same with adults. Yeah, and all, you know, yeah, you know, and I think that it's that's one of the problems. Have, a lot of the schools and the libraries, you know, and bookstores, they want the new, always the new author that wrote the new book. But what about the author that writes a good book that maybe did it two years ago? I mean, Rich, you do so many books. What do you do with all? I mean, they're all online, so um, you just you come up with an idea and you just write it. And get it out. Yeah, that's what I do. And then what I do is I have several books at one time. I'll, I, right now I have four books that I'm writing, and I will switch back and forth from one to the other uh, when I when I hit a wall or when I when I can't think what to do next. So then I'll, I'll back off of that book and I'll go to my other book and and start afresh. And so yeah. um, taking a break works for me. Um, for a short time from that book and going to another book, now I, I hit it fresh and start and, re, and re-edit it. And the, writing children's books is the three most important parts are editing, editing, and editing because you've yeah. got to always re-edit and, and keep looking at those things and think from the viewpoint of a child, how are they going to react to this and what are they going to think about this? Yeah. Do you want to read a, a little from you? have some that you might want to read. I have one here called Why Are There Bullies and What Can You Do About Them? Okay. And it has questions for the students and the parents and the counselors and the teachers to read. I've had parents and teachers and counselors send me notes saying, this is the kind of book I needed uh, when when my child was younger or when when I was a child. But it starts off with question number one is, what do you think bullying is? And it makes the statement, following each question are some possible answers. There can be other possible answers. You can pause now to think about or discuss this question, what is bullying? And then you want to get dialogue. You mentioned that earlier. Dialogue is critical in terms of anti-bullying. And so you want dialogue between the parents and the child or the children between each other or uh, adults between each other. Then... Bullying is when a person says or does things to have power over others who are targets. I don't use the word victim. I use the word targets. And there are no guarantees what will work with bullies. What works with one bully may not work with a different bully. Safety is first for everyone. Use common sense and think before you act. Most people, thank goodness, are not bullies. And then it talks about bullying is what makes a bully. And then... Um, there's a there's a list of about one two three four five six about ten things that can make a person be a bully, and then it says why is someone a bully? You can pause now to think about or discuss this question. You want kids to think why is that person a bully? And there are many reasons for that. And I, on the next page there's a list of them. But the last one is one that fascinates me. Sometimes there's no reason why people are bullies. They just are. And you, yeah. you still deal with them and you work with them. Yeah. And then question number three, who do you think might be the target of a bully? And then people who have no friends may be a target. People who have a bad temper, they want to push your buttons. All those different things that make you a target of a bully. And then what, why do you think bullying is wrong? And then there are many reasons. Bullies and targets of bullies may hurt themselves or others and become sad and lonely. Bullies and targets of bullies may end up at school dropouts and not get good jobs. Bullies and targets of bullies may abuse drugs and ruin their health. Bullies and targets of bullies may engage in fighting and be hurt or hurt others. And it says, can you think of other reasons that bullying is wrong? I always want them to think of other reasons besides what reasons I've listed. You can pause now to think about or discuss this question. This is also available as an audio book and a paperback and an e-book. Number five. Do you, you do your own audio books yourself? Do you do your own? I think no, you said I, that. I, um, you do. I you use don't. ACX you put them on and, Audible, like I do. I think, but that's true. I remember. Yeah, I have Audible and ACX, and I have about 
15 to 20 people audition, and then my wife and I sit down, and my wife will say, that's the one that, that clicks. Yeah. And I go, okay, honey, yeah. that's the one we're going for. If you yeah. do nothing about bullies, they stay bullies and hurt you or someone else. What do you think you can do about bullies and bullying? And then you talk about it. And then when it comes to bullies and bullying, you can try these things. And those things you can try. And then one of the best ways to prepare for bullies, and I did this in my classroom, is called role-playing. And so there's a list of role-playing, quite a few of them, and it says you are standing and a bully pushes you. What could you do? You can pause to think about and discuss this question. And then the next page says, if you push back, a fight might start. Will you get hurt by, some, by one or more bullies? Use the pushing to keep you moving and to run to a safe adult or a safe place. And then another one, you are eating and a bully throws food on you or knocks your food on the floor. What can you do? Yeah. And then it says, try not to cry because the bully wants you to cry. Don't throw food back because it might get out of hand and someone might get hurt. You might watch the bully out of the corner of your eye as you say nothing and quickly go away to find a police officer or other safe adult to help you deal with the bully. Your safety is more important than food. And there are several examples. See, I, think that, I think that's why, you know, that about lunch hours and things like that, see, fighting and, you know, not crying. It's so hard to do sometimes. You know, a lot of women, I mean, I, you know, I know personally and women will always say because they don't want to be as they're not strong they fight and they go like don't cry just get this out you know don't let you know because it happens if for women a lot of times and i found it over my years i've found that you in my head i go now don't cry because you don't want it because you lose your leverage if you cry even though you're upset but when it, oh, it, that's hard to do you know it's hard to oh, not cry when you're that upset when somebody's hurt, like they hit their knee on a table real badly, and they're crying, and somebody starts to make fun of them, I go, excuse me. I said, there's nothing wrong with crying. I said, if you're in pain, you get to cry. And you don't make yeah. fun of somebody that's crying because sometime in your life you've cried when you were little. Even if you say you've never cried before, you're a liar. I said, everybody cries for some reason or other, whether it's because they lose somebody they love or a pet or an animal dies or yeah. there's, you know, there's nothing wrong that, with that simple message, you know, Donald, how do you, you know, you have children that are young. So, I mean, is, is lunchtime, you know, tough or not? It's not tough at your schools at all or. It's usually not the lunchtime. That's the hardest part. The recess? Um, the, the toughest part, honestly, for my uh, middle schooler, is in between classes um, because they go, they have different mods that they go to for each day. So yeah. they're constantly transferring classrooms six times a day plus going to lunch. And that's usually that downtime is usually when stuff happens or yeah. right after school. Yeah. Sal, what about you? Sal, what happens to your, what? Well, you know, you know, it, like I was saying, with uh, with what I'm seeing here, experiencing uh, with my daughter in her in her class, it it was lunchtime and recess, but uh, it's actually during class. It's actually during class. Um, but this is being first grade, okay? So with first grade, it's not as organized as you know middle school and all that. But I mean, this is an, this is uh, yeah. uh, something happening that this is something that's happening during class. During recess, so what they're right now they're proposing to bring a, an aide, because it, I think this politics is involved here. They can't throw this kid out of the school. They cannot kick him out. They can't. I yeah. don't know what, why. I mean, I don't. I don't know. But so they're bringing an aide to supervise him whenever there is lunch or recess to stand on his head basically and 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 uh, make sure make that sure no, he doesn't it, start any problems. But then I was told by my daughter that it also happens in, in the classroom. I mean, you can't have an aide just be with this kid 24 hours a day. Yeah. No. So it, it no the school the has time. to probably take action, which they probably don't want. Exactly. That's the other thing. Yeah, I don't think that's a solution, that's, just bringing in an aide to just watch him over. Uh, I mean, he does it in front of the teacher, and the teacher just sends him to the principal's office. Um, he goes to the principal's office. That never ends anything because they just keep going to the office. Right. That yeah, doesn't really end all, anything because it's, it's just, just for joke. the day. Yeah. Yeah, I you know that's just how it goes. You know, so I all right. Let's talk about contests. I know you have a con. Do you have a contest again, Sal? Are you having a yeah. contest for the covers so, or? 
So yeah, we we do this twice a year. It's uh, it's just it's a indie children's uh, book cover contest, and it's just for the front cover. And everybody thinks it could, is it the back cover? Is it the? It's just the front cover. And we do this in the fall and the spring, and we always have hundreds and hundreds of um, entries, and we choose the two top ones. Um, and these are beautiful. Uh, there's so many, but we always give mention to the top 20. We always top 20 in our group, yeah. and we talk about them. Um, but there's always two winners, and um, it's fun. You know, is there, the, the, is the there a year? Do they have to do it within a certain amount of years? You mean, like is, what, you mean for, for the, the book? The book has published? to be new, or can it be? Oh, it has it has to be published within the last five years. Five years, okay. Yeah, five years. Mm-hmm. From the date of the contest, so the contest is okay. you know in 2020. So from 2015 to 2020, the book must have been published during that time. Right. Okay. That's yeah. Good. You know. Yeah. You know, contests. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, I think contests work for a lot of people. You know. Um, I always want to do more, but then I say I'm not going to do them, and you know. But I do think contests, you know, for a cover is good. I mean, one of my books won for a cover too, and I didn't even know I I did it, but I didn't even think about it, you know, for one of my books. But I do think it's a very nice thing when that happens, you know, for Absolutely. a contest. Absolutely, I mean, I, you know, with, with my book and any my, PR my, that my, anybody with, gets is good. Absolutely, I was just going to say that you just you just yeah. took the words out of my mouth. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think it's, a, you know, a lot of these things that, you know, there's so many children's, there really are a lot of children's authors out there, out there, and a lot of them, they just give up. So what would be your advice, you know, um, let's say, Sal, go, you could start this. What would be their, yeah. your advice? Because they just give up. I mean, they don't, you know, you even, if you're independently published does not mean you can't have a good career. Well, absolutely. First of all, I, I started as an independent published author, and, and I do that, but I'm also right now with my series, I'm actually traditionally published. And, um, I mean, I was rejected a, a bunch of times, and yeah. even, even I, was, I was rejected even a bunch of times with the actual publisher that I'm with right now. Uh, <laughs> I just kept modifying the manuscript right, right. over and over, and See, a normal right. person would have just said, ridiculous, just just forget this publisher and just move on to somebody else or, and I, I wanted this publisher and I just continued and continued and until I got in. So the key is you have to never, ever, ever give up. That should not be in the vocabulary, in your vocabulary at all. Right. Giving up. Right. I, I, I totally exist. agree with that. You just keep going. Right. No, it's not, it's you know, perfect. and sometimes, you know, if you're writing children's books, you can take it to the young adult market. I mean, you can keep moving on in different stories and, you know, so yeah. I think, you just can't give up. That's one of the reasons I have the show because I think I was an agent for years and I saw all these people that could not get their books published. But I think now there is an independent market for out there that as long as it's done really well and you can get help with it from independent publishers, it does cost a little money sometimes, but it's worth it because the book looks good. You know, um, and I think, and people, and a lot of people do it themselves. They just publish with Amazon, and that's that. So I think you, if you have a book and you want to get the message out, and you want to keep writing, just do it. Don't stop. Yes, that's why the group because that I have on Facebook. Yeah, the, the book that I mean, the uh, group that I have on Facebook. That's what they deal with every single day. You know, yeah. what, what, where should I publish my book? Where, which ones are the vanity publishers that I should stay away from that are just money hungry? You know what. And, and and we just we basically pull each other and, and not let anyone give up and, and we just it just it's a cycle. It's amazing how the illustrators and the authors work really, really well together. I've hired my illustrators from, from Facebook, from this group. And yeah. um and, and there's a lot of illustrators and a lot of authors that are working together from this group as well because you know, you pull you pull each other up. That's what you do. Yes. And, you know, the truth is there are a lot of you know, clip art that if you can't afford a pub, you know, to get an illustrator, there is a lot of clip art out there that is really good. Um, and I think um, that real, I mean, you don't need an illustrator a lot of times if you really can't afford it and you get, a, you put something out from clip art that's really good, but you need to have it formatted right. You need to have everything work. You know, like I've used Fidelity Publishing, so she helped me a lot so many times. She was a graphic artist, so she helped me a lot of times to put everything. You no, know, because it, for, with the children's book, which Donald knows, the illustrations have to fit the right way, which is maybe something you could 
address, Donald, you know, to make sure that the words and the picture look right. So, because you said you're doing that right now in your own book. So you want to give a little advice to people out there from what they can tell their illustrators so they act like, you know, they know a little about it because sometimes we don't know about illustrations. Well, I think, you know, the most frustrating thing for me, having done illustrations for other folks, is when they say, well, I don't know what I want, just do whatever. That's the worst thing I've you can tell an yeah. illustrator because yeah. you need some sort of direction, even if it's the most basic of guidance. Um, but uh, any good illustrator will take the time, in my mind, to actually stop and go through it with the person that they're working with and really form that partnership to where they trust you and want to come back to you and show them, you know, let's maybe move this here or let's move this around here and here's why. Um, I know a lot of folks, like you said, like the vanity publishers, there are vanity illustrators too who are literally just turning and burning and doing the clip art and do, you know, taking the shortcuts just to make the money. But if you and I'm sure you know, um, Rich and so. Oh, you mean the illustrators are using clip art and saying they did it? Exactly. Yes. Oh, that's and not, that's a thing to watch out for too. Good. Is right. really vet. You have to vet your illustrator to know yeah. are they doing original artwork or are they just doing clip art? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I so think yeah, we haven't balls. talked about that before, right? But the clip art, right? To make sure that right, because you could get the picture yourself, and if you have a good person to do books they can fit it in really good they know what absolutely to do. And have, anyone with their salt illustration right yeah is going to know where how to set it up um because you really do when you when you put those pictures together you have to have the manuscript in front of you to know where do i need to leave space for this or where does it make sense to put this you know yeah. they may not be doing the illustrations and the the wording for you you know, usually if you're going through even an independent publisher, they will organize that on the page for you. But yes, you because, and they put it right, and then they put it idea. on Amazon. Right, they put it on yep. Amazon, and it has to be right because I've had people ask me that sometimes if you know if you really don't know what you're doing and you don't have any help, and Amazon is helping you, they you you have to make sure that the colors on the back of the cover and the front everything go blends and does it right because some colors don't. You know, it doesn't transform the right way on into a book. You know, and exactly. if you don't know what you're doing, then you have to have somebody that does. Yeah, and it can get yeah. overwhelming reading. Just even if you go on Amazon stuff and look oh, at yeah. their yeah. Um, illustration <laughs> yes. criteria. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. Do any of the, the three of you have any questions for each other? No. Anybody? <laughs> Well, the main Rich, thing is no. out of all is well, it's not, it's not a question, but I think what we all, I think okay. the three of us have in common, I think, and is when you write a children's book or when you illustrate, you're doing this because it's not, you're not doing this for the money, and you're not doing this because you know it's, right. it, you have to do this. You're doing this because you absolutely right. love it. It's a passion. It's, a, it's right. something so that you true. want to get across. So an idea. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. I think. That's that's the beauty of children's book and 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 the fact that you know we can voice our opinion about bullying and and different you know subjects like that through children's illustrations you know and and bring and discussing such an intricate um, subject to let's say a first grader or second grader that's an art. Right, because that's true. You know, I mean, and kids need a lot of tender, loving care. I worked for a pediatrician for over 20 years. I was in the lab, and we had hundreds and hundreds of kids a day, actually, in that. It was a very big practice. But every kid is different. So, you know, and you really, I mean, you know, the parents need to work with their children, and now with COVID, it's been very hard for people. So I think reading is important, and I think that they Reading children's books, listening, however, and Rich, you have a, you know, I, I, I'm going to have you repeat what you said the first time you were on my show because it always stuck in my head. When, when, when kids don't want to read, what do you tell the parents? What did you tell the parents? Because I know that always stuck with me, what you said. What I, when, I, when kids don't want to read, you have to find out what they're interested in. Are they interested in skateboarding? Are they interested in, if it's a student interested in fashion, what are they interested in? Once you find out their interest, you get them magazines or books or whatever you can. 
Comic books? Yeah. Oh, yes, comic books. I remember as a little kid, when I was four years old, I was reading a Superman comic book that had a dinosaur in, and I saw the word dinosaur, and I said, oh, that must be the word for dinosaur, because there's yeah. the picture and there's the word. Uh, yeah. Comic books are perfect. And I've in my classroom, I, I had an administrator come to me, and she said, you're not following the state of California curriculum. And I said, I don't have to. She says, but you're not even using your state of California reading books. I go, I don't have to. And she says, well, what are you doing? I said, well, look at see all these banker boxes. They're filled with comic books and magazines and, and paperbacks and hardbacks and, and books all over the place. And you see those tape recorders at the table that they have cassette tapes in them, their stories and earphones. I said, I let the kids choose. She said, well, I guess just keep on doing it because the parents say for the first time ever their kids are starting to read. <laughs> right, that's and, really what counts, right. <laughs> that at the end of the day, that is what counts. See, that's the whole thing. It, it, it matters. That matters. Yeah. Did it's you notice, Did you notice? what's the biggest growing trend right now in books? Graphic novels, what is, which is, which oh, is yes, kind of like yes. that. Yes. But yeah. in a, you know. It's huge. Graphic yeah, no- graphic yeah. novels for for kids is huge right now. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. and it should be. I mean, it, it, it's it's a wonderful way to to learn vocabulary, and it's a wonderful way to to learn. Yeah. Any way you could teach yeah. a child, you know, to have a child enjoy reading, because if they enjoy reading when they're young, it continues on. If they don't like to read and they don't get any instruction on it, it's going to continue on also. And then when they get older, they're not reading either, you know, and um, reading and listening. Any way you could hear a good story, that's what it's about. It's the story, and that's what matters, actually. That You know, above and beyond it all, you can have gorgeous illustrated, but you do need a good story. It's, you know, it's really important to have the story is good, and it's something you can be proud of. And like Sal said, it's not about the money, it can't, writers in general, yeah, some people make a fortune, but most don't. So you really have to write because you love it. And if you don't, yes. then it's not going to work. I mean, you'll be in it for a few minutes, a few hours, a few days, a few months, a few years, and then you're gone because you you realize that, you know, it, it is hard. You know, if you get somebody to back you that's like a star, that's a whole different story. <laughs> Your book, whether it's good or bad, people buy it, you know. But the, right. for most people that write, it's just the story and the and the illustrations matter. But you do have, you know, the child has to want to read or even be taught to enjoy that art. It's an art. And that's one of the things they should never cut in schools because kids, that, that helps their adulthood. Yes, you know? absolutely. And if they, yes, they say, yeah, yeah. And if they don't and do it, right. Sal, do you have any other advice here? I know that you might have other advice. You do. You're oh, very no, good with advice, and I think that's important. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I uh, being in, you know, I, I do this so. I'm in in this field now a lot, and I talk with so many authors and illustrators, and and I get a bunch of questions asked, and I always try to help and give my you know advice and my my experiences and all that. But the main thing that um, I don't know if it's Rich or Doug said as a, as an author. Editing, editing, editing. Uh, I'm mean, sorry, Donald, not Doug. Donald or Rich. Editing, editing, editing is huge because there's a lot yep. of books out there that I've seen by indie yep. authors that have not been edited. They're out there, right. and it's very, very it's, poorly it's made, true. and it just kind of gives it a bad name. So yes. it's very, very important. That is, exa- that is yeah. exactly right because when you hear – but indie authors that have their book illustrated, they have their book edited right, they have their book formatted – well, people that read books, they're not looking exactly for who the publisher is, but they are looking for a good story and the book to read well. But you really have to have it edited. I mean, it can't yeah. be bad. That's that's the that is what gives books. You know, you know, people that are independent. You know, um, a bad name and so many independent publish. Uh, you know, authors are their own publishers. Whatever they they work with their own publishing companies are good are really good, right. you know, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, and I will say this because I do know this part, I, being an agent for years with the signatory for the guild, 
they have missed story after story after story of good authors. They just didn't take them. And it is, you know, a lot of times people think when they send to a publisher, a lot of publishers, they have editors and the editors that are reading it, they're not as imaginative as some of the authors. So they can't imagine because you can't really send, they don't like you to send it in with, you know, illustrations. They don't want that. So they might not be able to see your vision. And they miss a good story. And they just do. Yep. They miss constantly. But now the luck of it is is that all these people that are independent have brought some great work out there. Really good work. I mean really good. Absolutely. And you know, and I think the publishers are hurting. I, I know this from other shows, you know, that I do. And they are hurting because a lot of people that were with big publishers, they are now doing their own. So they have control of what they do. When their book comes out, what the cover looks like, how it's, you know, maybe not formatted or edited because that you have to really get, you know, specific on. But they have creative, you know, power and and to turn out a good book. Yeah, Stephen King was supposed to have started his own publishing company because he got tired of the editors changing his ideas and his books. Yes. And so he started his own publishing company and, and he... He said, I spent hours editing and working and putting that together, and then somebody comes along and says no. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing, right? You know, and sometimes they do take out things that the writer thinks are, you know, important, and sometimes they're not, sometimes they are, but, you know, you have to work with a good editor. So, I mean, there's so many things, but people, you know, when they're listening to these shows, I hope that they try and not give up and not throw but. You know, what we're saying the truth, the truth is it's not that easy. You just have to work at this. So I want everybody yeah. to give their links. And, um, okay, Donald, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, they can just um, search for Donald Lloyd Author. Uh, same thing with Instagram and uh, Twitter as well. And my goal this year is hopefully to get a website up at some point. So fingers crossed it will be in the first part of the year. <laughs> okay, that's good. Good to know. Okay. Sal? <laughs> um, the one they that can I reach you at? I would say the one that I use primarily is my Instagram account, and it's uh, Saul Regwan Author. So it's just my first name, last name, and author. Um, also, you can find me on, on Facebook. I do have a website, saulregwan.com. And if you're, if, you're interest, if you're interested in uh, being an author or you want to write a book or you're an illustrator, you know, my Facebook you can, you can always join my Facebook page, um, and, you know, we, we love to talk, and it's open discussions, and you can learn a lot from that. Uh, from that. Right. And it's, it's called In Children's Book Authors and Illustrators Club uh, Group. Sorry. Okay. And it's a big, big, big group. Okay. Rich? <laughs> um, my email is teachersask at yahoo.com, and there's a joke that goes with that kindergartner comes home and says, I'm not going back to school tomorrow because all that teacher does is ask questions. Don't they know anything? And the other one is um, <laughs> teacherask at yahoo.com. And then also um, uh, amazon.com forward slash uh, author forward slash Rich Linville. Okay. And you can find all our shows on iTunes and um on demand, and you can find them also on MarshaCasperCook.com because I have links to go to all the shows. And um, I am very happy that I met all of you. That's the one thing about being on a show you can meet people. And I've met over the, I've done twelve or thirteen years of shows, and I've learned. So I hope that when they listen to the shows, they learn a few things because everybody doesn't know everything. We are not born knowing how to do this. We teach ourselves because every, as we're speaking, probably something is changing on Facebook that we don't even know about, you know, and you can't get frustrated. You just got to keep doing it because it does matter. It, the, the messages that you give out there for the kids, you know, it's important. So, and if there's somebody listening out there that would has a topic they want me to discuss next year, we're, we're going to have shows, like I had said before, on different issues. I mean, I have done this year on breast cancer, which I always do, and we've done some other topics. But I think it's going to be a good start for next year to start on some of these, you know, issues for the young adult, for the kids, middle school. I mean, and it's hard. So I think that if you have some or want to be on a show or want to 
you know, talk to us or give me some questions that you want me to ask for people, you know, the people we have on the show, I'm happy to do it. So just go on to com or go find me at Facebook, and we can do this. So any last words for everybody? Otherwise, happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays. Yes, and thank you all so much. And I appreciate you all coming on, and it's been all the people that have been listening this year. It's been a great year, and let's hope, knock wood, that next year's better. Okay. Thank you all. Thank you, Marcia. Happy holidays. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.